Hey, this is Zach Efron, and you're listening to The Stupid Cancer Show. I hate you both. I've hated you ever since I can remember. I hate you, and I wish you both had cancer. Cancer? Yes, in the head. <gasps> Somebody's got a case of the Mondays. <laughs> Hello there, children. Hey, hey, kids. <laughs> People seem to like me because I am polite and I'm rarely late. And now, the host of the Stupid Cancer Show, Annie Goodman and Matthew Zach. Woohoo! Not that there's anything wrong with that. Because he has a lot of chip spots. Monday, October 28th, and welcome to the Stupid Cancer Show, the voice of young adult cancer. I am your co-host, Matthew Zachary, and I'm a proud 17-year young adult survivor of brain cancer. And I'm your co-host, Annie Goodman, journalist and young adult breast cancer survivor, and we're your host for the Stupid Cancer Show. It is not okay that 72,000 young adults are diagnosed with cancer each and every year. So, got cancer? Under 40? Sucks, huh? Time to get busy living, folks, because the Stupid Cancer Show is changing the world one chemo infusion at a time. I'm Kenny Kane, co-founder of Stupid Cancer, welcoming all of our first-time and returning listeners on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, iHeartRadio Talk, or listening to the archives at stupidcancershow.org. On tonight's show, Stupid Breast Cancer, Young Women Can and Do Get Breast Cancer. Join us as we welcome the leadership for Young, Young Survival Coalition, Jennifer Merstorff, to talk about what's being done to address this healthcare disparity and meet the underserved needs of this population. And breast cancer survivor and former Stupid Cancer Show co-host, Lisa Bernard, in the Survivor Spotlight. All righty. Self-ingratiating applause. Always. Maureen Sweet, the lovely Maureen Sweet, is in Washington, D.C. this evening with our VP of Programs, Ellie Ward. She is. What are they doing? She is participating with, actually, we had them on the show either last week or two weeks ago, uh, Lindsay Dahl, Safer Chemicals Help Families, and the Breast Cancer Fund. And uh, the Campaign for Safe Cosmetics are hosting a, uh, was it Stroller Day or something like that? Stroller Brigade. Stroller Brigade, where they get a lot of women who are mothers of children and other advocates in the space to come down and do lobbying on D.C., speaking to uh, uh, lawmakers about the what we, we discussed actually on the second and third show of October, the uh, Toxic, Sum- Toxic Substances Safety Control Act, TOSCA. Have you ever considered yourself a member of the Stroller Brigade? Yes. Okay. I own one. I own. You I own you two. Have a actually, stroller. I have a double stroller and a single stroller Ooh. because I have children and they're tiny. Well, they're I don't. not that tiny anymore. Well, Kobe got a haircut. You see the haircut picture today? You showed me. Yeah, yeah. I didn't see it. I missed that update. You are the worst godfather ever. <laughs> I must have been off Facebook for five minutes. <laughs> 
Yeah, his hair got all raggedy and, and crazy. We're like, all right, you are just getting uh, a haircut today, sir. I think there's a word for that, but I'm not going to say it. What? Jufro? Yes. It's not a Jufro. He's got nice wavy hair. Hannah has the Jufro. Oh, I see it. What is he singing in that picture? Yeah, he's singing. Yes. He's got a rock Hopefully star. Hopefully he doesn't sound like you when he They sings. turned a box upside down, and it's the stage now in the house. Oh, God. <laughs> so they what put happens a, when the stage breaks? I don't know. <laughs> it's, not, it's a plastic box, but they, now they stand on it with the... That stupid microphone that make, that amplifies your voice. Yeah, the echo. The echo mic, and then they put the sunglasses on and they sing, like, happy birthday. Oh. And they trade places. Yeah. Very cute. Mm-hmm. Had to drive someone crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, we're, we have wonderful live guests here tonight to just kick off the show. There's no real formalities here about when we're going to introduce people. It's just a roundtable tonight. Uh, joining us first, the one and only Lisa Bernhard, uh, former Stupid Cancer Show co-host. We miss you so much. You are awesome. And uh, you are celebrating your 30... 30- 5,000th year as a young adult <laughs> cancer survivor of breast cancer? 34,000th and a half, okay. I think. Approaching 35,000. Yes. This is so awesome. I love being here. I never met Annie before. Right. This is great. Mm-hmm. And like, who'd have thunk it? She works at Fox News. And yeah. then she's now that, so of course we've been boring the rest of you yeah. with catching up all about Fox News. Catching up. Uh, this studio is awesome. Right. You have been here since the Reno. Awesome. I mean, I thought it was pretty sweet when I was last year, but this is incredible. I don't even know what half these switches and buttons and things do. You're really, you're tricked out here. Kenny has Great. a friend, Kenny has a friend who does, build, he builds radio stations yeah. for a living. So when among we got our, gra- among other things, but we got, we got our grant, we called him and said, build this for us, here's a budget. He did an, a tremendous job. Mm-hmm. It's a real deal. Yeah. It is the real yeah. deal. Yeah. Very impressive. And also here live in studio, the one and only Jennifer Mershoff, returning champion. I think this is your third appearance. On the Stupid Cancer Show. I think so. Yeah. You brought a friend. I did. I yes. brought I know. Preston Maxwell Preston Merstorf. Maxwell Merstorf, the mm-hmm. lovely, what is he? Uh, a mi- the long-haired chihuahua. He weighs four pounds. Yes. He's so He's the sweet. size of a light bulb. So yeah. cute. <laughs> <laughs> yes. When you met him the first time, what did you say? He weighed less than your children did when they were born? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. <laughs> yeah, Hannah was four pounds, six ounces when she was born. The dog weighs less than my daughter when she was born. Yeah. <laughs> He's adorable, though. Mm-hmm. He is adorable. Yeah. He's a rock star. Yeah. I, I love that he just sits in the bag. All the time. I mean, the bag has awesome. air holes, but, but that's important. Yeah. But he just, he's so well behaved. He's pretty awesome. It's kind of like our relationship, except <laughs> you don't have a bag for me. You are a little bit of a lap dog, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but yeah. I like that he's Preston. He's got a very, like, regal. Very three name. name yes. Right, dog. exactly. And yeah. he's on Facebook. He's on Facebook. He definitely yes. is. And uh, you could fan. No, you could friend him. <laughs> you not friend him. Yeah. I have thirteen yeah. mutual friends with him. <laughs> <laughs> well, his paws are tiny enough to actually hit the individual keys. Yeah, right. So I can. I can yeah. yeah. Keeping up with his page. Exactly. Taking pictures around the country as he travels. Exactly. <laughs> you know, Matt. It's, I mean, it's hard working in cancer all the time, and so. No, I love when nice we're. Nice to have a reminder. When we are at events, and like I always forget he's there, but then the the bag moves a little bit. I'm like, <laughs> what? All oh, right, the dog's in the bag. <laughs> nice. <laughs> It's a good reminder about life and living, which is a good thing to have. Yeah. Yes. So here Always. we are at the top of the show. We have a couple of things to talk about. We wanted to uh, honor uh, Marsha Wallace, who passed Ooh. this week, uh, unfortunately, of complications from cancer. And we have breast a li- cancer. Breast right? cancer. Yeah. That's what the show is about, apparently. Yeah. So apparently, we you're in the minority this time. No, we're not. You are. Why? Because we did, we didn't. A he didn't have cancer, and I only have brain cancer. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. But Kenny's in the minority because we have more old people here than young people. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm always in the minority. Yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So we have a few seconds here. Of, uh, anyone that knows Marsha Wallace besides her 
her TV um, stuff in the 60s and 70s, she was the voice of Edna Krabappel on The Simpsons for 20 years. So here's a little tribute to, uh, to Marsha Wallace. Well, that's not what I was going to say, but it's a good idea. Ha! Ha! You think it's people! Now, I know everybody's eager to get back to class. So today, we all have to stay two extra hours to make up for the time we lost. Ha! Attention, teachers. We're on strike. Ha! Well, that's a lame excuse for an excuse. Ha! There you go. Marsha Wallace, Funny. everybody. Good stuff. She, was, she made a difference. And um, what else happened this year? Uh, this year. This week. This past <laughs> this week. Weekend. This year. Is this a year <laughs> retrospective <laughs> show? Yeah. Wow. Join us as we celebrate. Uh, Kenny, you went down to Philadelphia. I did. On, I went on to, purpose. On purpose. Yes, on purpose. <laughs> uh, I went to the Living Beyond Breast Cancer conference, saw a lot of familiar faces, made some new friends, and stood behind my garage sale table and uh, spread the word of stupid cancer. Had a great time. You put a good post up on the Facebook wall, too. People like the setup. I did. People, mm-hmm. yeah, we have the manifesto on our backdrop, and uh, it's cool when people who are at the event comment on the picture that you post, and then you see them and you say, hey, so you comment, and they're like, right. oh, my God. They get all, like, weirded out. We did a lot of sales, too, right? Yeah. Yeah. I ran into you there. And Annie was there. I was right there. there. I was there as a participant, and uh, they had an amazing keynote speech from the author of Emperor Maladies. Siddhartha Mukherjee. Oh, thank God. For try, to say it it for try to say it again. Uh, no, I no, can't. No, no, try. I have a mental You're on block. the air. Try it. I don't have it in front of me. I can't say it. Oh, I can boy. barely say it with it in front of me, let alone like off the top of my head. Author of the Emperor of All Maladies. Yeah. Yeah. He Which was. Uh, I he like to say my ladies. My ladies. Well, he, had, he is a good-looking man too. So he had a lot of ladies' attention this weekend. He was yes, very very good. I really enjoyed listening to him speak. And he's partnering with Ken Burns. Yep. And Stand Up to Cancer, and the Entertainment Industry Foundation, and Cancer Treatment Center of America, and several other major. Um, organizations to deliver a documentary called Cancer in 2015. Again, Ken Burns, who's done jazz and baseball. Big time. And Gettysburg, National, I think. National Park. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Now is doing the history of cancer as a documentary in 2015. going to be really, yeah, be cool. really potent. His stuff is always unbelievable. I wish it was coming out sooner. He has his own effect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ken Burns effect. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, so that was very cool. And um, then Halloween. Who's going as what for Halloween? The floor's open. I don't know. Oh what are your God. kids going to be? Uh, Hannah's a flower. Okay. <laughs> that sounds the, appropriate. With the little daisy sticking around her head. Aww. Me too. And Kobe's Mr. Potato Head. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> well, so I'm he's sure going they... as himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Kenny, what are you doing? Uh, I was supposed to be a uh, Ginger John Smith, but... Uh, in keeping with tradition, I have not purchased a costume nor made any effort to achieve uh, a Ginger John Smith. And you're going to go trick-or-treating at bars, ginger, yes. right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to go uh, trick-or-treating for shots. Nice. Really. So, to be, Annie? to be determined. I haven't figured out. Last year, I was Honey Boo Boo. And <laughs> nice. The costume. I want pictures. I'll, I'll show you some. Well, the costume required so much work. I had to make a tutu the night before, and it was... It was a little crazy. I got in a little bit over my head with my costume, so I'm a little bit traumatized from last year than Hurricane Sandy, so I might, uh, I don't know. We'll see. I do have a party, so I don't want to be that person who shows up to Halloween party in regular clothes, so mm. I have a couple of days. Nice. Yeah, you do. Uh, Jennifer? Oh, go ahead. Yeah, you know, I'm not a big Halloween gal. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I'll just... Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> 
<laughs> I know it's just I, I like a lot of holidays. This one is just not my thing. All right. Preston's off the hook. Okay. Doesn't have to dress up. All right. LB. I'd like to go as a person who looks awake and doesn't have dark circles under their <laughs> eyes. <laughs> Uh, yes, since I get up at 5 a.m. every day. Uh, I don't know. Wendy and I went to Two Broke Girls a couple of years ago. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, it was good. Uh, that was kind of fun. Uh, so I don't know. That's about it for me. That's all I got. Um, you know, hide out in the woods. I'm going as my yeah. traditional bald Jew. You do that well. Awesome. Yes. You do that mm-hmm. very well. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Why well, mess mankind. with a good thing? No, you can't. Don't mess yeah. with it. some cargo pants. And <laughs> <laughs> you just need yeah. like a, you just need like a, a potato chip on your shoulder. Why? So it could be a chip on your shoulder. Yes, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Good one, Kenny. Thank you. Kenny for the win. <laughs> Maybe not. I didn't get the ooh. No, Kenny's going to get this one. Ooh. Or this one. Ooh. <laughs> That's more of a passive excitement. Yes, exactly. All right, well, Lisa, you get an official introduction now. Really? Uh-oh. I'd like Which to hear this. <laughs> you know what's coming. Uh-oh. Yeah, introduce yourself. No, no, not happening. I get to look. I, I've, I've done the introductions before. I'm on the guest seat now. It's all you. She wants to watch. Don't make whack. me work. Don't make me work. Lisa Bernhardt was. Can't even try. Lisa Bernhardt was raised by wolves on a cheese right. farm with sheep. I like cheese. <laughs> with, with cloven hoof sheep. <laughs> Diagnosed with breast cancer during the Truman administration. This show's gone in the toilet. Yeah. I've left. She had her, she had her, right. webbed, her webbed feet separated in seven. Come on, you guys. <laughs> Treated by the original Sidney Farber. <laughs> and former... <laughs> former... Not former BFF. Former... <laughs> former co-host of this stupid cancer show from 2010... Through 2012. Is two that right? Two full years. Yes, two full years. Uh, the lovely, beautiful, talented Lisa Bernhardt. Thanks, Matt. As oh, she walks yeah. out the door. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> How are those cloven feet? <laughs> Where do you think of that stuff? I, no, that's the default is, introduction when right. people don't send me their bio, is they were oh. raised by sheep on a cheese farm by clo- <laughs> cloven-footed parents <laughs> in Sweden. Five years ago, he was using that intro. It still makes him laugh. Yes. Yeah, he yeah. really yeah. does. I'm the only one thing. that I'm matters only one, for. I'm only laughing because I've never heard it before. <laughs> yeah. anyway. Here I am. Yes, so, all right. so, yeah, so, so. You, you are the original young adult cancer survivor. <laughs> That's right. I was the first. That's right. None before me. <laughs> so, right. All right, so you're working in media. You had a job. You had a life. And tell us. Yeah. For the audience who back doesn't at, know back your audience, women's suffrage. Yeah, yes. yes. <laughs> the underground chemo <laughs> railroad. <laughs> so, what would you like to know? My story again? My yeah. spiel? Well, the, the new listeners don't know your story, That's and your right. story's relevant. I would, I would hope so. Yes. Uh, so, age twenty-nine, I was when my boyfriend at the time felt a lump and said, "What's that?" Very alarmed, and it was probably the size of a pea. At largest, and at largest, um, and uh, it actually I, it took me a while to find it, and then I did. And so when I finally did, I made an appointment with my then gynecologist. She felt it and said, "This feels like normal cystic breast tissue." I know a lot of young adults can relate to that. Um, getting that response, and so she said, "But if you're really concerned about it, I can give you the name of a breast surgeon to go see, and he can look into it further." 
So I said, okay, she said, but I really think it's something to be concerned about. So I said, okay, so I took the name and number of the surgeon, and then I called his office, and they told me there was a three-month wait to see him. That's quality. Yeah. So I did make, I believe I did make an appointment, but it was three months away, and then it was like I had a conflict, like maybe a work thing or something came up, and I had to cancel it, and I was like, oh my gosh. And I thought to myself at that point in time, I had, granted I had been a hypochondriac completely, and thought I had all kinds of things, like I remember like going to a Woody Allen movie and thinking that I did have a brain tumor because somebody had ringing in their ear, and I was like, I've had ringing in my ear. I'm a, so I was, I was a little nutty that way, but despite that... Um, I thought, well, they must not be very concerned because they're willing to wait three months to see me, so they're probably just indulging me, and they think it's nothing, and this is like kind of hard to work into my schedule, and yada, 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 and you know, calm down, you're hypochondriac, and who gets breast cancer at 29. Right. So I never rescheduled. Fast forward to a year later. I'm every you know few months kind of checking out this thing and going, I think it feels bigger. I think it feels bigger, but it doesn't really feel that hard. It just feels kind of soft, but I think it's the same thing that's bigger. I go back to the same gynecologist. She says, it still feels like normal cystic breast tissue. She looks in her notes and says, did you go see that breast surgeon? And I said, I didn't actually. And she goes, well, that's okay. I still think it feels fine, but, you know, you're still feeling it and da-da-da, whatever, so go see him. So I went to go see him, and for some reason I was able to get in this time, like, in two weeks or something like that. So he did a, this is before they had core biopsy, so he did, he did a needle biopsy. And whatever it was, a week or so later, I remember I was at work, I was working in a magazine at the time, and I got a call, and it was him on the phone. And I thought, he's calling me, not one of the nurses, da, 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 that doesn't sound good. Um, he says, it's, it's abnormal. He says, it doesn't mean it's bad, but we don't know. I have to do a surgical biopsy now to check out what this is. So I pretty much flipped, and I was at work, and I like ran into my boss, and you know, God bless you. And uh, I was like, you know, trying to like, you know, stay calm and blah, blah, blah. He's like, you have age on your side, so I think you'll be okay, but you know, we gotta check this out. So my parents were in Florida at the time visiting my grandmother. I didn't really want to tell them. I waited till they came back, and I said, and nah, nah, nah. I kind of told them the whole thing. I said, I have to go. This is at Mount Sinai. I said, I have to go to Mount Sinai. I have to have the surgical biopsy. I'll be awake. Blah 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 blah. So they came with me. So I was 29. They came with me, and I remember checking in. I remember the like the resident was like, I was having a little bit of pain in that breast, and she was like, Oh, pain! Cancer doesn't have pain. You're fine. <laughs> you have pain. For sure, it's going to be fine. It's a cyst. Blah 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 blah. So I remember being awake through the whole thing, and they did the surgical biopsy, and it was you know all tended and all that. And I chit chatted with the doctor, and then I was in the wheelchair in the recovery room, and. I just remember like sitting there like waiting like that, you know, those like swinging doors in the recovery and like just waiting for him to come in, waiting. And it was like every time it opened, it was like my heart, you know, like, ah. So finally he came in and he like took a surgical cap off and sort of like looked at the floor and sort of walking slowly toward me. And I was like, hmm. Did you hear the, uh, the, the theatrical underscoring going yeah, on exactly, at the time? Right, yes. The scoring to your life, the soundtrack to your life, yeah. So he came up and he said to me, and I'll never forget this, he said, um, it's a, he said to me, it's a tumor. Now, he never used the word cancer. He said, it's a tumor. So I was like, so, and he said, I, I remember like going like tumor, tumor, tumor. And I was like, well, he didn't say it was benign. So I just looked at him and I said, you mean cancer? 
And then he said, he kind of like nodded his head and said, yes. And I turned That's to my parents. That's a good human communication yeah. skills right mm-hmm. there. Yeah. 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 And I turned to my parents, and my mother had tears in her eyes. And I later found out that she, had, she told me that she was digging her fingernails into her hand to try to keep herself from, like, really breaking down. And my dad was there, and I don't think he was crying, but he was, like, you know, pretty, like, trying to keep it together. And so I looked at the doctor, and I said, well, you know, I was kind of like, so what's next? I, I think I just immediately was like, so, okay, so what's next? And he said, well, we can, uh, so this was the frozen section, you know, which you get the immediate report back, but they still have to send it out to the lab to get the full, but he, but he was like, I'm pretty certain, like, don't expect there to be a radical change and what's going to come back from the lab. So he said, well, we can wait and we can get confirmation from when we get the full biopsy back or we can send you for a bone scan, a liver mm-hmm. scan, a this to see, just to make sure it hasn't spread. And I was like, let's go, you know, right. scan away, like, let's do it. And we're not going to wait for anything. So this over the course of a week? So, no, this, this was all as I'm sitting in the chair in wow. the recovery. Okay. Yeah, no, no, this is over the course of minutes. <laughs> like when wow, you walked okay. in, mm-hmm. yeah. And, uh, yeah, so we left there, and I remember there was a nurse, this lovely young Filipino woman who um, was a nurse in Mount Sinai, and she had been, unbeknownst to me, kind of overheard the whole conversation of the other side of the room, and she approached me, and I was with my parents, and now I remember, like, I had to go to this locker and get my clothes, and it was all, like, this, like, weird and personal thing, and right. I remember she came up to me, and she had tears in her eyes, you know, here's, like, giving me the phone number and where to call to go get my scans and all of that. And she was, like, fighting. She was holding back tears, having heard the whole conversation that the doctor had with me. That could not have helped. No, <laughs> not so much. Um, I mean, I appreciated her sympathy, but it was it was tough, you know. And so, anyway, so uh, we left, and now I'm immediately going to, this thing's been in me for a year. Like, pardon my French, but I'm fucked. You yeah. know, that's what I kept, I was like, you know, this thing has been... So, uh, we got back to my apartment. I was living on the Upper East Side, and uh, we came back to the par- my apartment, and... Um, Did you thank your boyfriend, by the way? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we had... We actually had broken up by that point, just for other reasons. We okay. had, you know, parting gone separate ways. Um, and uh, But, yeah, I mean, it's amazing. People come into your life. I look back now, I'm like, he saved my life. I mean, you know, yeah. it's like we've, I haven't, we haven't communicated in many, many years now, and gone and done different things but it's like amazing people come into your life and had he not i mean it's just right so um thank you Stuart. um (laughs) very much so uh say the least so um yeah so we got back to my apartment and it was um so my parents and i stood there and i remember my dad saying something like you know let's just like get everything out right now like tears and whatever and my mom i mean my parents were amazing and my we kind of like pulled in my dad kind of pulled us in my, I have a sister also she wasn't there a younger sister she wasn't there at the time but my dad pulled us in and he put his arms around the two of us and we did like a three person group hug and a group hug and he said we're one person going through this and um you know which was incredibly helpful and my mother had the same sentiment obviously and they um you know, my dad, like, called 1-800-MATTRESS, and, like, they immediately got a single bed, moved into the apartment, my dad just stopped working, and my wow. parents basically, like, moved into my apartment. 
my mom like slept in bed with me. I mean, it was like they were, you know, amazing sort of pillars. And, you know, I'm a journalist and I kind of, I mean, this is, this is pre-internet, but I just dove into a lot of research. I mean, that was my instinct was just um, try to do as much research as possible, try to call as many people as we knew, which my parents did. And, you know, I was really, really lucky in that I'm from this area, so I'm, we had some connections in this area. And, you know, my parents had enough, you know, sort of economically. To, we didn't have to worry about things in that regard. I mean, a million things that were really, really, really lucky, and, you know, and I'm incredibly, incredibly grateful for Um and then uh, beyond that, I think it was just um, I felt like I had done this to myself. I felt very stressed out um, in my career in my 20s and, like, trying to get ahead. And I thought that um, I had caused this, that stress had done this to me. My dad's mom had breast cancer, um, and she had already died at that point in her late 70s, and she probably had it around 39 I am. Uh, I've, I have since been. It wasn't a knee jerk to get gene tested back then. I didn't, but I have since. And I'm, even though we have Ashkenazi Jewish blood on that side, I have. I was negative. Um, so you realize that you just said the magic words. <laughs> <laughs> like the balloons are gonna fall. Right. From the can't mention anything <laughs> Jewish on the I show. Know, I know. Sorry. That's great. <laughs> um, so, uh, so what was I going to say? So, so yeah. So what about fertility? I, so I, so I felt, oh, fertility. You know, you know what? That was not. This is you know, right back in the, the underground railroad <laughs> days. Yeah, Abe Lincoln was president. Um, there was no, nobody really. People always said to me, "Oh, you'll be fine. You'll have kids." I mean, I had so, and they don't. I had CMF, cytoxin methotrexate fluorosyl five. I think if Sounds I'm right. right correctly, which is not. I mean, they still give it today. But it's not as common. It's usually ACT. Right. Adriamycin, cytoxin, and then some people, I, some people get taxed. I got everything. Yeah. They just, like, poisoned the shit out of me yeah. for yeah. six months. Yeah. So it was, so I, I actually did not lose my hair, and my oncologist told me that I would not, and I did not. Um, and again, there was no immediate gene testing. I knew I was ER positive, um, but so beyond that, tamoxifen. I did not take tamoxifen, and here's why. Um, I'm a polyp maker. Oh, yep. And so even though there's like a 1% cervical cancer uh, chance for tamoxifen, um, you know, they didn't completely... Oops, I just lost a little bit of hearing. Um, did I pop out here? Something's weird. Um, Kenny Kane to the rescue. Yes. There I am. Okay. Am I back? I'm back, I think, both yeah. years. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I've had, uh, since then, probably once before, I have had probably about four surgeries to remove polyps in my either my cervix or my uterus. Um, I kind of grow things. I actually just, just had a... <laughs> You're a hydra. I had a cyst in my scalp recently. I just had a thing in my hip, a little fatty lipoma thing removed. I kind of grow stuff. Fortunately, the thing in my breast has been the only bad thing, knock wood, so far, so um, anyway, as a polyp maker, they were kind of like, mm, maybe not with the tamoxifen. Mm-hmm, so, right. so I never did tamoxifen. So I did this. I did the um, the uh, CMF, and uh, that was it. And I was very lucky through chemo. I didn't really. I as much as you could breathe through chemo, I think I did. Um, right. 
And I did you lose your hair? No, I didn't lose my hair. They told me I wasn't going to, and I didn't. Wow. I mean, I think it thinned a little bit, the only that I would notice, but I didn't. And then the roughest thing was that I chose to have um, what was then one of the first free flap reconstructive surgeries. So I had a right side uh, mastectomy and nothing with it. With the left, and um, I had a choice. They said I could be. I said said I was a little over one centimeter, um, and that I could either go with a. a they called them lumpectomies then. Right. I mean, you know, or a mastectomy, and so I chose the mastectomy, and I had uh, sort of shopped around, met this great plastic surgeon, Mark Sultan, who was then with Columbia Presbyterian, now with NYU and St. Louis Roosevelt. Anyway, and I saw these results, and I and uh, so I decided that I was going to go that route. So that was the toughest thing. Was I had like my I was gutted. I mean, yeah. I was totally gutted. My stomach. I mean, I have a scar hip to hip on my abdomen, right below the bikini line. And he was not sure. He was like, I don't know if I can make a breast out of this. And so it was like I remember like he was like closed his eyes and like grabbed as much of my stomach as he could and like grabbed the breast and tried to like. You know, close eyes <laughs> and feel. Could I make a breast out of this stomach? And I was, you know, he's like, I don't know. And I had a sign of release saying that if he couldn't do it in the OR, he would do an implant. And so I signed the release. And I was like, and it was a couple weeks away from surgery. I had it a few weeks after my 30th birthday. And I said, I'm going to eat. I want to do this surgery. <laughs> I'm going to get lots. So I like ate posses. Like, just be healthy. I'm like, all right. But I literally like loaded up. Mm-hmm. I like ate posses, and I do this to try to like build out my belly. And uh, so I woke up, so I had like an eight, nine-hour surgery, and I, again, it was a free flap, so they didn't tunnel the muscle up. They actually like cut out muscle and fat and then reconnected everything under a gigantic microscope, the blood vessels in my breast. And he was like one of a handful of doctors that were doing doing this at the time. And now it's even more advanced with mm-hmm. the deep flaps where, mm-hmm. they flaps where they don't even need the muscle anymore. Right. And uh, so I remember wait, when he finally woke me up, it was like nine hours of surgery, he woke me up, and I was like, the only thing I thought of was like, oh, my God, I'm like the magician's assistant that's been sawed in half. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's what I was like, I've actually, I'm actually that who's really been, so I was like, they've put the chain, uh, the pain in my abdomen was like crazy. So, um, gonna wrap this up. so anyway, just to quickly wrap this up. So. That was the, that was that that was the toughest thing actually in the end was I was like early man learning to like stand up straight like <laughs> with tools exactly ah. it was like you know like my knuckles dragging on the floor with I was like eighteen you know, drains yeah with eighteen drains and like just to stand it took about eight weeks to stand up straight mm-hmm. again you know because they literally like just and you know my bu- belly button was removed put on a table and then sewn back in after they pull your skin down and all that so that was the toughest thing but you know you are Frank and Lisa. I am a little bit, a little bit. So, uh, well, three hundred years later. <laughs> so yeah, I've been. I mean, Knockwood things have been. You know, I haven't really had any complications along the way. I mean, I've you know had the like I said a little bit of the scare here and there. I had just recently uh, a lymph node that blew up on that side under my arm, and I was like, what's that? You know, and they got a little bit blah blah blah, and I had that core biopsy turned out fine. And like I said, I've had the polyps, and I've had a few things flare up over the years that have been okay. Um, and the misfortune and, you know, you of still, working with us. Yes. And the misfortune mm-hmm. with you guys. So, look. And I still owe you a second drunk dinner. You do? Our first date was a drunk dinner. Yeah. <laughs> You've never taken me out for a drunk dinner. I've taken you out for beer. Co- co-host envy. <laughs> 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 that's true. So, that's it. I mean, I but I still, you know, it's like you still hold your breath, and I still do my, you know, I do the MRI 
six months and I do the right. the mis, uh, uh, mammogram. Mammogram, thank you, and ultrasound in the other six months and get blood work and all that good stuff. Uh, but yeah, so that's so seventeen years, eighteen years yeah. for me. Yep. Two years for you. Three yep. years. Three yeah. years for all right. It's so like we're a year all, and a half. Yeah, yeah. So we're all, yeah. yeah. Feel feel the fear. It's, mm-hmm. all, it's always there in some capacity. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Anyway, well, you're sticking around, but Lisa, I am. Thank you for being on our Survivor Spotlight happy tonight. To you be get here. your own applause again. Very happy to be here. Sorry, Kenny. Now it's time for us to hit up the news. Hello, I'm Kent Brockman, and this is I on Cancer. Just the facts, ma'am. All right, Matt, head on over to the newly working, again, events.stupidcancer.org. That is events.stupidcancer.org. Have some meetups happening in Cocoa, Florida, uh, New York City, Raleigh, North Carolina. Have a couple coming up in Billings and somewhere else that I am going to set up, and we'll have for you next week. Awesome. Presenting Instapeer, our revolutionary mobile app that has the potential to end isolation and connect people with those who've walked in your shoes. You can help Stupid Cancer reach our $50,000 goal. We're halfway there, folks. Uh, to bring this this incredible mobile app to life, visit instapeer.org, watch our video, join our army of friends, fans, supporters, and backers. I had the pleasure of talking with a lot of survivors over the weekend, and everyone is excited for OMG 2014, Save the Date, the 7th Annual OMG Cancer Summit for Young Adults, next April at the Palms Casino in Las Vegas. Visit omg2014.org to join the mailing list and official Facebook group. The Stupid Cancer Show is all new, broadcasting in stunning HD. You're listening to it right now. We know you can't listen to each show live, so be sure to subscribe for free anytime on iHeartRadio Talk, Apple iTunes Podcast, or right here on the Blog Talk Radio Network. Visit stupidcancershow.org anytime to get connected, and thanks for listening. It feels more like winter outside, but the fall season is upon us, so it's time to stock up on some new threads like a Stupid Cancer brand hoodie, hat, gloves, and more. Surf on over to stupidcancerstore.org anytime, 24-7, for great deals on great products year-round. Be proud. Wear Stupid Cancer. And that is your Stupid Stupid Cancer News. Jennifer Ernstorp is a breast cancer survivor and the CEO at the Young Survival Coalition, the premier global organization dedicated to the critical issues unique to young women who are diagnosed with breast cancer. Jennifer, welcome. Your formal introduction. Thank you. Formal, formal. You you get a formal one instead of the raised by sheep. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, because someone sent me their bio. Yeah. (laughs) So. (laughs) Hi, Jen. Hi. Third time's the charm. Yeah, excited to be here. Yes. So you've been CEO of YSC for how long now? Um, almost about two and a half, almost three years. And what's that been like? It's been great. Yeah. It's been amazing. It's a dream job. Uh, giving back is is a great way to kind of get through it, I guess. And so your personal experience was that you were weren't you volunteering for YSC and then got breast cancer or nope. what was no, that story? No, uh, my mom was diagnosed seven months before I was uh, with breast cancer and. And then when I thought the only thing I really had going for me was that young women didn't get breast cancer. Uh, surprise, surprise, found a lump, similar to Lisa, and um, just basically reached out to everyone in our network and said, there's got to be other. Wait, where were you at the time, by the way? New York City. Were you at a job? Um, actually, I had been laid off, so I wasn't working, um, which ended up being a blessing. And um, found YSC about a day or two later. Um, walked into the support group, and my life just dramatically changed. 
you know, I like to say that our, my doctors saved my body, but why has he saved my soul? These women were so amazing. They knew what I didn't know. Um, and actually this morning, a woman came and met me at the office who I had met uh, right after my surgery um, in 2010, and I guess I had given her a bunch of advice. She was about to have a surgery, and she had found out that I was at YSC, and she wanted to just come wow. in and say, thank you. And she still had this little drawing I made for her. I was like, oh, fancy. wow. Cool. So anyway, giving back. It's all about, you know, paying it forward. Yes. I have experience with YSC, so Jen and I share a lot of the same doctors. Yes, we do. We have the same oncologist, Ruth Oras. But I have a funny, it's not funny, but I remember when I was being diagnosed, I was extremely caught off guard, did not think there was anything wrong with me. And they actually had to hold me on the table when they did the core biopsy because at that time I had already, they told me from the needle biopsy that I had cancer. Oh, so wow. then they're going to do a core biopsy and I'm like wow. hysterical, can't breathe, you name it, meltdown. And the nurse was trying to, was like rubbing my head and my back and she was telling me about her friend who had breast cancer and she said that she was involved, and it, she was talking about YSC at the time, but in the moment, I'm like, I'm not listening to you. <laughs> and she was telling me about, she's like, my friend had breast cancer, she's young, and uh, she just finished all of her treatment, and she's doing this bike ride on no the way. East Coast. No way. So I'm like, just being diagnosed, and, oh. the, and the nurses at... YSC is already at, in your yeah, life. NYU Langone, getting a radiologist poking at me and the nurse is telling me about Tour de Pink. So I uh, I learned about you guys very, very early on. And I remember going on the website and getting all the information and being extremely overwhelmed. But it was really, really good for me to meet other people who could answer my questions and, right. uh, you know, all the weird questions I had because I had no, I mean, being a journalist also, my first instinct was I want to know everything. But then I wanted to know nothing because I found out I had triple negative, and then it, like, scared the living right. shit out of me because I was like, oh, good. The surgeon's telling me I wish I had better news, and I'm like, what is happening to me? Right. So I did not want to do research. My family members just did research for me, and I just tried to stay off the Internet. But then, you know, you don't work for five months because you're on disability, and then you go on the Internet, and then Dr. Oraz yells at you. So, anyway. Speaking of sort of pink, though. Yes. You just... Bicycles from like Europe to Asia. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it was Tell not us a, what is Tour de Pink? It's Tour de Pink um, is this incredible bike ride. Uh, we have one on the East Coast and one on the West Coast. It's 200 miles. And it's all about taking your body back from cancer. And um, the first time that I went, I actually was not well enough uh, or strong enough to ride. Um, and a metastatic woman who was riding. Um, I asked her, I was like, why do you do this and put yourself through it? And she says, it's got to be harder for cancer if it's going to, it means I take my body, my life back, my body back. Um, so I learned how to ride a bike. Um, I had really not ridden since I was a child and fell a million times. And last year in 2012, I did my first ride on the East Coast. Then I did it again two weeks later and decided that this is now tradition. So I do the East and the West Coast ride. And ride alongside survivors and encourage people and they encourage me and it's awesome. I'm glad I only Great. have to drive yes. cross yeah. country. There I don't, don't have to bike ride. ride your bike. No. <laughs> and I get to eat a lot. Yeah, well, I eat a lot too. Well, yeah, I'm, not, cool. I'm not working it off yeah, though. You, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. It's a really amazing um, the community oh, the community that um, that is around all the survivors is really, really powerful. Yeah. Um, women are not really strong enough to do all the big hills. Um, people will take turns in pushing them up the hills. 
um, so that they can have the experience, and uh, it's quite powerful. So, so what are some of the things that the Young Survival Coalition does? I would say the simplest way to, to, to say what YSC does is we connect and empower uh, and educate young women. So, you know, connecting, whether it's face-to-face um, and our new face-to-face network program, um, one-on-one, or on the community boards online. If you just want to read about other people's experiences, sometimes that's a great way um, to see what kind of questions you have. Um, we also educate young women, whether it's through newly diagnosed resource kits, did you get one of those newly diagnosed kids? Um, I'm pretty sure I did. You know, okay. I, I put it all in a box in my closet. Yeah, yeah, okay. But, yeah, right. I had everything. It's an, a nice way to, um, you know, breast cancer is so much always about old women. And so we have a kit that um, takes you through from a young woman's perspective. Ask that fertility question the very first day. Right, right. Um, and how do you ask it and what does it mean? Um, so that's really powerful and important. And then I think the last piece is the empowerment piece. Um, empowering yourself to to get through this and meet other women so that you have your YSC sisters. And you are celebrating your 15th anniversary. We are. YSC has been here 15 years. One of the original young adult cancer organizations that helped pave the way for groups like Planet Cancer, the Almond Fund, the I'm Too Young for This Cancer (laughs) Foundation. (laughs) I know. It's an incredible, incredible history. Big footprint. Yeah, it is. Pay a lot of tribute to the women who, who gave birth to it in the 90s. So what is YSC Ignite? YSC Ignite um, is the new volunteer program. So one of the, one of, when I came in, one of the challenges was that most of our volunteers were survivors. And that's not bad. That's great. But what about the dads and the sisters and the moms who want to get involved? Um, so we've just started creating uh, this new program. And if you go on to the website, which is youngsurvival.org, um, when you look at for volunteers, you can go in and read about all the different opportunities. Uh, we just launched, launched this at the beginning of October, and we've already had hundreds of people sign up, um, which is exciting. So we'll be able to really extend our footprint, extend our ability to reach young women um, with more help. So one of the things that I find most intriguing about YSC when I stepped into the advocacy space was you actually work with other nonprofits, mm-hmm. and you do outreach, and you don't live in a silo. And you believe that the greater good is served by actually speaking <laughs> to other people in your market space. So I was really fascinated by this brand new initiative you're doing with Dr. Susan Love. And this, to me, is one of the more transformational um, modicum that has happened in in the annals of of like when the when Livestrong started the young. Um, Young Alliance. That was a that was a, a sea change. That was a shift mm-hmm. that were rallying a generation around a uni- unified cause. Mm-hmm. This is something that is uh, on that plane. Mm-hmm. So so talk about what that is. Um, absolutely, it's, this is really exciting. I think I think uh, the breast cancer movement has become wow. How many words can you think of? I mean, it just so fragmented, so so siloed, many, siloed, just so just not all working towards what we say we're working towards together. Um, And Dr. Susan Love, uh, I met her for the very first time um, just this summer when we were in Nashville. Yes. And we sat down, had a conversation, and she said, I'm doing this study. It's the HOW study, which is the Health of Women study, and I really want young women to be a part of it. And I said, okay, tell me, what's your plan? What do you want to do? Dr. Susan Love told me her story about how she had just been diagnosed uh, with leukemia 
the year before and was very frustrated with the side effects of cancer, of treatment, was very frustrated that doctors were comparing the patient to people who had died and the patient was comparing themselves to people, how they used to be, the people who were living, and she just felt this disconnect was so incredible. Um, and she wanted to, to, she wants to do something huge and different. So she's created this house study. Um, it is, she's partnering with Leslie Bernstein from, where's Amanda Nixon work now? Hope. City of Hope. City of Hope. City of Hope. Um, and it's the first study of its kind. Um, so I said, yes, I'm in. Let's figure this out. Let's, fi let's partner in a way that ne we've never partnered before. First thing with that is no money can exchange hands has to be truly us putting all of our resources into this. Um, and we decided together to reach out and ask Komen to partner with us. Um, we th thought it was a great opportunity for them to move into a space um, where there's collaboration. And we have a goal of reaching, of having 200,000 women sign up for this study um, so that we need some help. And Komen is a lot, very large organization. So they, we had a lot of conversations with them. They agreed, and the three organizations um, have been working very closely, um, equally. Um, all of us bringing our own strengths um, to the table, and over the next month or so, are going to do everything we can to get 200,000 women to sign up for the study, which I really do believe will change history. So what is this specific outcome going to do to actually change practices? There's a lot of pieces to it. So um, the study itself um, has many different components. Um, there are three that I believe have already been uh, put out there. So to, to sign up, you need to complete this, the pieces that have already been done. So everything about your lifestyle, everything about your medical history, everything about everything about you. Um, and then she's going to start moving into, um, specifically if you've been diagnosed with cancer, uh, questions around side effects of treatment. And what she's hoping to get to is out of these 200,000 people, she really only wants 50,000 as survivors, breast cancer survivors. So she wants 150,000 women who have never been diagnosed with cancer to be the control. Because maybe they find out that if you have hypoglycemia and you take tamoxifen, you end up getting a sore finger. I mean, they, because they don't know. She wants to look at such a large group so many different ways and slice the data upside down, and she thinks she's going to be able to unlock um, things that, that we just don't know at all. And I'm sure she could have said that a lot better than I. <laughs> if she was here, she would have said it better, yes. but I did my best. Well, I did this. It's her study. study. I did the study today. Very it was cool. relatively painless. Very cool. I, one of the things that I really um, tried to give as much detail is the side effects from chemotherapy on my brain mm -hmm. and how I was, before I had 16 rounds of chemotherapy, I was a lot sharper. And it's gotten a lot better the further I get out. Right. When I was doing uh, AC, I couldn't even, I didn't even have the attention span to read a book. I could barely read a magazine. Yeah. Like my brain just couldn't take it in. I remember like 50 Shades of Grey was like huge when I was in chemo and I was like, you got to read it. And I, I was like, this just makes me want to throw up more. <laughs> but I did my well, I best. I think a lot of people even who weren't on chemo. Yeah, yeah. Right. the same <laughs> way. But, um, you know, it's, it is really important that people who are given this treatment, even though we've come so far and we have, like, EMEND and Zofran and pretreatments so that we're not, you know, we can leave the house. But it's still, it's still very, very frustrating to 
not be able to find a word. And it always makes me wonder, was I like this before? And sometimes I can't remember. I Names forget it. I don't, I don't know who you are. So it's... Uh, I'm Siddhartha you, Mukherjee. <laughs> you just, you just tried to forget him. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm very forgettable. One thing I think that's really neat also is that for, especially for young women um, that have been diagnosed with cancer, there's at least for me, I felt there were so many of my friends, my cousins, aunts that, that wanted to do something directly to help. And mm-hmm. not just when I was going through treatment and going through surgeries, but when long term. They really, really want to do something, and this is a way they can do something. So by me signing up and then all the women and that, I, that love me signing up, I've now created a control for yeah. me. And, and that's, I think, one of the reasons why I wanted to make sure YSC was partnering with this because it will directly help young women that have been diagnosed with breast cancer. And um, anyway, so it's quite, go to Question the Cures, probably the best, .org is the best website to go to. Because um, that shows the partnership. Good. So I do have one question about the study. I noticed one of the questions she asked a lot about is pregnancy, uh, birth control methods, mm-hmm. and in vitro fertilization. Yep. So is she? I actually have a friend. Um, her name is Jen Smith. She just passed away, and one of the things she thinks contributed to her wow. getting breast cancer was she did a significant amount of IVF. Mm-hmm. So is that something? Is She's it, trying, is to she trying to look at the correlation between She's, the IVF yeah. hormones. Because a lot of the questions were, how many years did you pump yourself full of hormones before you right. were diagnosed? Really? Right. Huh. Yeah, and they say, and one of the questions is an open-ended, you know, you have a limit on characters. I had to delete some. But it was a limit that said, um, what do you, is there a reason that you think contributed to you getting breast cancer? And I had the BRCA1 mutation, so I just said that in my case, I feel that it was purely genetic, right. that there was no other outside factor. But I'm sure people who have had, yeah. you know, in their 30s, it's not uncommon to be in your 30s. I have a lot of friends who have done fertility treatments, and I feel like you're not warned right. of potential, you know, what it could do to your body by putting all I those hormones right. in them. And I think what she's trying to do, I mean, when you think about all the other studies that are out there, and they're looking at one specific thing, and they have just specific framework of questions, she wants to look at everything, the whole picture, 200,000 women and know everything about them, and her hope is that she will be able to make connections that have never been made before. Right. Even that will... Not only, well, her, her goal is to find a cure and be done with this. Right. But I think there's going to be so many other things that come out of it. And as long, you know, it's just going back to the partnership, young women, I wanted to make sure we're part of it. So. You know, she's, she's, she literally wrote the book on breast she cancer. She literally did. I mean, you talk like breast you know, cancer superstar. <clears throat> she is. I mean, just, just to, for, for those who are listening who are maybe too young to remember, I mean, I, I, I mentioned there was no Internet when I had it. I went to the bookstore, the library, and I got Dr. Susan Love's book, and that's where I did the majority of my research. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's it. She I mean, is. She's, she's like, the real yeah. deal. Yeah, definitely. That's she's great. also no, no nonsense, though. Yeah. I think she's yeah. earned enough credibility in her career mm-hmm. to to get groups together and talk on the mm-hmm. same playing field. Mm-hmm. People listen to her. I've seen her do yeah. interviews. She's very, very commanding. Yes. Very. But the fact that she got not breast cancer and is still concerned about breast cancer. She's a breast surgeon. Well, yeah, but I mean, the iron, yeah. so it's, yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's a, I don't know if it's a sad irony, right. but it's, right. it's a true irony that the breast cancer surgeon gets leukemia. Yeah, yeah. And yes, but th- she's now on the other side of the equation. And right. if she's that's... She's now a patient. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. But I think that this is another sea change moment because whatever you guys learn on your end, but this stuff applies to everybody. It does. And I, I also think it's... Um, 
I'm very proud to be, especially at the time when the government was shut down, um, to be able to show that the breast cancer community is coming together. We are the three huge leading parts organizations inside of it are going to, are working together, and it's truly, we're it's this is legit. We're truly doing it, and yeah. everyone, Coleman, Dr. Love, to YSC is putting 100% into this. So I think that's going to be pretty impressive. And it's not just October. We're this is we're going to try to do this. You at mean Pinktober? Pinktober, whatever you're. Uh, <laughs> we're going to try to have it be a very strong partnership for an entire year and see how that goes and what change we can make. We'll see. It's great. All right, so you're not obligated to tell us about Katy Perry. <laughs> uh, Speaking of breath, we just about Katy Perry. Uh, YSC was incredibly lucky to be the beneficiary for uh, the Katy Perry. It's actually Radio.com um, and Amp Radio's uh, concert, uh, benefit concert in L.A. last week. Katy Perry was the headliner, and all of the proceeds went to the Young Survival Coalition was very exciting. She was very sweet. I had the opportunity to meet her, and she loved Jenna's shoes. That's awesome. MZ and I were actually driving around California, I guess, two weeks ago. Right. And we heard the radio commercial. You did? Yeah. yeah. It was really it, it, was, it was everywhere. It was everywhere. It was really good. Yeah, it was really exciting. And, and look, the coolest, it's cool, it's Katy Perry. Yeah. But what's really cool is there are a, a lot more young women in L.A. who've been diagnosed with breast cancer who now know that there are other women, like, Find YSC, create a face-to-face, get together, support each other, hear the resources, and that's cool. Did she make announcements from the stage about the cause? Yeah, they all did. All the all of the artists did. Right, and then I actually went up on stage. You went up fancy. Did Preston people. Maxwell go? Up? <laughs> no. Oh. no, he didn't go. You but I had to hold him in in Nixon's hand. Oh <laughs> my! I almost fell over. Oh my god! Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. Did you take a crowd shot while you're up there? No, because they were talking to me, so they oh. handed me the mic. And uh, just you should have taken a selfie. Yeah. Excuse yeah, <laughs> me. Pardon me. Uh, no, it was fun. It was quite um, an incredible experience. Yeah, because you had other, not just Katy Perry, right? Who was it taking? Yeah, there Sarah was uh, Katy Musgraves. There was Theon, uh, somebody named Sarah. Oh, gosh. You yeah, know. Tegan. Tegan. Tegan and Sarah. Yep. There was a bunch of a bunch of artists. It was, um, the hashtag was We Can Survive. Um, There's lots of fun stuff there. Anyway, it was fun. Great. I enjoyed it. So what do you guys have coming up in Disney World? Oh. Dum, da, da, dum. Oh, little C-Po I'll probably w. be there. Yeah. Uh, You're C- making me come this year. Yeah, I hope you are. <laughs> you should definitely come this I'll year. Be there it's busy. Florida in February. Yeah. You'll probably want to get out of New York yeah. for a couple yeah. of days. Yeah, I'll be there. So C-Boy W, you know, we talk about it every year, but it's it's the largest conference um, for young women with breast cancer in the world. Um, it's an incredible time. It's an, a great event. Um, if you've been before come back if you haven't been you should try it out um just meet a lot of people i've been to the past three of them yeah and and love it (laughs) i've been to two pre-jennifer i think um and one i couldn't make it to because you know a lot of i have to say though there's been a history where there's been some spots that were picked or it's been uncanny even if they're in a warm uh environment it inevitably there's an enormous snowstorm in New York. I, uh-huh. I couldn't I couldn't get out. I heard about that year. Yeah, I there heard was about one that year. It was a horrible snowstorm in New York, and I was supposed to go. Was it Atlanta? Maybe. I don't remember. That might have been the year before I went. I went and, to. And uh, I could. My flight was canceled. My flight and every flight around my was canceled, and I couldn't. I couldn't go. But well, you also canceled. live on like a horse farm in the middle of Vermont. <laughs> <laughs> or I live an hour north of New York City. <laughs> whenever, like a horse whenever I think of New England, I think yeah. of where Lisa lives. Yeah. <laughs> 
but uh, right, with my power run by a gerbil on a wheel. You right. do have a gerbil. <laughs> um, and the outhouse in the back. But they're amazing. I mean, I remember the first one I went to. I just I come into the lobby of this big Hilton in in Texas. I think it was in Dallas or in Texas, in one of the cities in Texas. I can't remember. And uh, you know, you just see all these women. I saw like all these like gorgeous bald heads in front of me. I I I I I had a meltdown. I I literally like it, broke it's down. Transformative. It was very, it was really like. So powerful. Was that your first cancer conference that you ever went it to? It was. See, that's the thing. It we was. have all these people who are like, yep. they never go to a meetup. Yep. They never do face-to-face. They never do the, the support groups or boot camps. Like, their first introduction to the young adult cancer world is like this... 800 young yeah. women Festival. with breast cancer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I practically collapsed to my knees and started weeping. I couldn't yeah. believe no, it's it. it's powerful. It but even really, if you've been yeah. to a support group or a small, small meeting, when you see 800 yeah. Yeah. women... That are like you and get it. it yeah. All of a sudden, you're like, okay, yeah. I'm yeah. part of something. Yeah. You yeah. all yeah. share her secrets on hair products, and um, you're like, there's a lot of people here with cute short haircuts. Oh my god, <laughs> that's how I felt it. in Vegas because I was like, wow, I've never seen so many girls who have short hair. It was kind of felt good yeah. to not be in the minority yes, for change. Things, those things matter. They do matter. There was yeah. a woman from Kenya that I met at the C4YW. Con- I mean, who was like a mother of four. Wow. And she was stage four. And she would, you know, and I was like, how did you find out about this? She's like, oh, you know, I have a Yahoo account. I went on the Internet and, you know, whatever I'd, she'd written. I mean, it was The one good like, thing out of Yahoo. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. That's it. Exactly. I'm Marissa Meyer. Yeah. Right. Um, no, it's, a, it's amazing. Yeah, it's a neat event. It's yeah. a great event. Yeah. Looking so forward what are the to dates? It. Okay, up? I'm going to say the last weekend in uh, February. Let me pull it up real quick. Um, I believe registration's opening. Googling. Yes, February 21, 22, 23 at the Hilton Orlando Lake Buena Vista in the Walt Disney World Resort. There you go. Do you have an agenda set yet? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Exhibitor registration opens next week or this week. There you week. go. <laughs> I will be there behind the garage sale. C4YW.org. Get everything nice. you need. All right. Is there a, like a, a free night to go to like what's what's that part of Disney World where the old where the where the grownups go to drink? Epcot. No, no. <laughs> that is you drink around the world. Yeah, Epcot. No, the other one. Uh, it's I'm, Epcot. I'm, no, there's another place too. It's like the the part with the clubs. Uh, Dude, you're on I have no idea. All right. What? Sounds like he ventured off the farm. I did. I did. Anyway, that's exciting. So how many people are you expecting again? Um, usually between eight and nine hundred people are there. That's incredible. Yeah, it's just a, it's incredible. An incredible event. Well, Stupid Cancer will be there. Yay! Exactly. Um, so what else do we have to talk about? Mm-hmm. All right, so let me ask the elephant in the room then. Okay. So you do this study, you, I mean, and we face this here at, at Stupid Cancer and for the young adult world too. How do you actually pragmatically take our energy to change physician behavior? Because all the data in the world that suggests that we deserve better and these work and this is what's going to have to change has to go through Medicaid, Medicare, CMS, the, the med schools, the, the CME programs. What are your thoughts on that huge elephant in the room? Good Lord, Matt. I throw you a curve at the end of the show. Jeez, is it like two minutes left or something? Yeah, <laughs> clock is ticking. Look, I mean, I think, I think in the end, I don't know, I don't know the answer. I think, um, but I do know that the more um, great minds work together, the more there's collaboration, the more stupid cancers working with YSC. It's, um, working with other organizations that are very smart people um, that we're going to have to figure it out. I, I don't know. I don't know exactly the steps we're going to have to take. We haven't even found the answer we need to get through yet. Right. So once we identify what the answer is, then I think we have to work together and make a hell of a lot of noise. Which is just the start. Yeah. I think yeah. where we are today, just even yeah. having this conversation. Starting to make the noise. Yeah. I mean, I think starting out the conversations is great. 
Right. It never would have happened years ago. No. Yeah. Under true. any circumstances. Well, it is 8.59 and 46 seconds. We're finishing the show 14 seconds early. Wow, wow. that went fast. Amazing. Actually, no. Now it it's is. 9 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> We're late. We're late. Thank you so much for Thank coming on. Any for final thoughts, me. LB? Final thoughts for me. Uh, like Jack Handy, deep thoughts. <laughs> this has been more than I dreamed. No, this is... This is <laughs> chuckles all around. Same here. It's still hot as hell in here. It is. Um, no, this this was uh, this. You know, it, it's fine. This is it's it's always cathartic. Like I haven't I haven't like told my story in like a few years now, and it's just like it, it's just it's amazing to me. Like and listening to everybody's stories is like it doesn't get old in a good way. You know, like listening to what these guys have been through. I haven't heard you tell your story that at length like that in a very long time either. Yeah, it's been years. You forget how powerful it is. Yeah. My response to your to your story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this still makes me laugh. <laughs> this is Matt would play this, and and I was there. And <laughs> it just makes me laugh because speaking of old. <laughs> and Jen, do you know what that and is? Incredibly, no, and incredibly lowbrow. Yeah, it's very lowbrow. Yeah, that's the Benny Hill show. Oh. Out of the UK. It's. No weird. It's our it's our old British guy who used to dress up like a woman and run around and chase other women. It's b- between that <laughs> and, the, and, the, and the Lisa like Simpson birthday song. Right, that's right. <laughs> well, this has been a great show. Always it a great has show. Yes. Yes, yes, it has. We are rounding out our Pinktober month with our only show about breast cancer, which is very exciting because we have to pay the respect it needs. It's really important, and through the lens of the young adult world, it is critical. Very. So, Jen Murstrup, three right here. Lisa Bernhard. Thank you, folks, so much. Thank you. It is now time for our closing sequence. Prepare to activate. Uh, I hear there's rumors on the uh, internets. You ever seen a grown man naked? And so, to all of you, a fond farewell. Hooray, I'm helping. You are a meathead. Oh, Magoo, you've done it again. That was so terrible, I think you gave me cancer. Okay, folks, that's our show. Our 282nd broadcast. We hope you had as much fun as we did poking a stick at stupid cancer. We'd like to thank our guests, the one and only Lisa Bernhard and the one and only Jennifer Merstor from the Young Survival Coalition. Join us next week, Stupid Lung Cancer. Lung cancer is a bitch. What's more, what's worse, more and more non-smoking young adults are getting diagnosed each year. What's up with that? Join us as we welcome Katie Brown with the Longevity Foundation, Dr. Lynn Eldridge, a lung cancer specialist, and lung cancer survivor Kim Weineke, author David Tabatsky, Right for Life in the Advocacy Spotlight. All right, folks, subscribe to our show anytime for free on iHeartRadio Talk, iTunes Podcast, and the Blog Talk Radio Network. Check us out anytime online at stupidcancer.org and stupidcancershow.org. Remember, folks, if it ain't stupid, it ain't cancer. Live from the chemo deck, on behalf of Annie Goodman, Kenny Kane, Maureen Sweet, myself, and our whole team here at the Stupid Cancer Show, thanks for listening, and we'll see you back here next Monday, live at 8 p.m. Have a good week, folks.